0: From Sarasota Memorial and the Deb Kabanoff Multimedia Studio, this is HealthCast, a healthy dose of information from experts you can trust.
1: Hi everybody, welcome to HealthCast. I'm Allison Godermeyer. Thank you for joining us today as we talk cardiac rhythm management and a new international clinical research study Sarasota Memorial has been participating in. Our guest today is Dr. Dilip Matthew, a cardiologist, electrophysiologist, and the primary investigator on the study that I just referenced here at Sarasota Memorial. Dr. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Can you start by telling us the basic? What exactly is cardiac arrhythmia?
0: Cardiac arrhythmia means there is an abnormal heart rhythm. Every time we uh, breathe, um, the heart pumps blood to all the organs, and that is uh, primarily predicated by how fast or slow our heart beats. And that is dictated by a structure called the sinus node. So all of us have a sinus rhythm. Any abnormality of this uh, sinus rhythm is what is called as cardiac arrhythmias.
1: And what are the warning signs of cardiac arrhythmia? And who does it impact?
0: Uh, It impacts almost all of us. And uh, at least about five to 10% of the general population may have some form of abnormal heart rhythm. Uh, The common symptoms are people may feel lightheaded or dizzy if the heart goes very slow. If the heart goes fast, they may get a fluttering sensation or palpitations as we call Those are the common symptoms, but they may have some vague symptoms like fatigue, shortness of breath, feeling extremely tired, and they may be related to abnormal rhythm problems and they need to check with their primary care physician and determine whether it's really related to a heart rhythm disturbance.
1: If there is that heart rhythm disturbance, how important is it that a person seek medical attention? Uh,
0: I think it is quite vital because our heart rhythm, as I alluded to earlier, is what dictates how good the heart pumps blood to all the organs. So I think some of them could be um, minor and a simple intervention may be enough, some of them may be significant. So I think they do need to take uh, notice of that and seek um, help from their primary care physician.
1: So you said about five to 10% of the population. There are factors that can increase that though. How common is it here in Sarasota?
0: Uh, Very common. I would say the most common rhythm disturbance is atrial fibrillation, but five to 10 million Americans will have it by 2050. And um, knowing the uh, demographics in Southwest Florida, we see a fair amount of patients who require um, treatments for atrial fibrillation as well as uh, slow heart rhythms.
1: So what is the typical treatment right now for irregular heartbeats? Uh,
0: For irregular heartbeats, the treatment is sometimes it might be uh, just monitoring, may not necessarily need to be on medication, Um, but once uh, the physician or the determines, which is a cardiologist, or a cardiac electrophysiologist like me, we determine that they need some intervention. It could be in the form of uh, medications. Uh, Some of them are called antiarrhythmic medications. Uh, If medications don't uh, correct the problem, then you may need a catheter procedure called ablation, which is uh, quite commonly used these days with atrial fibrillation. The other spectrum is where we use devices like pacemakers or defibrillators to correct both uh, slow and fast heart rhythms.
1: So let's dive a little deeper there. What is a pacemaker?
0: A pacemaker is an electronic device. Uh, the traditional pacemaker is placed in the chest wall, typically on the left side. Uh, it is placed beneath the collarbone, and uh, this, um, it has a battery and electronic circuitry on this device and is connected to the chambers of the heart by means of wires, we call them leads. So those uh, wires are inserted uh, in the veins in the chest and they traverse through the veins into the chambers of the heart. Uh, So it is not a um, a cardiac surgery, major cardiac surgery, but it's still an invasive procedure and uh, requires uh, hospitalization for a day or two.
1: You also mentioned defibrillator, how's that different?
0: A uh, defibrillator uh, is a version of a pacemaker, slightly bigger than a pacemaker. Uh, what a defibrillator does is that if your heart goes extremely fast from a rhythm called ventricular tachycardia, then the defibrillator monitors it. And if appropriate, either paces the fast uh, rhythm out of it or um, may shock the patient to get them back to the normal rhythm. And it will work as a pacemaker too. So it does pretty much all the functions of a pacemaker. In addition, it will provide therapies to correct uh, dangerous arrhythmias like ventricular tachycardia.
1: So when we talk about pacemakers in the traditional way, that's different from what we're seeing now with this clinical research trial at Sarasota Memorial. So can you just tell us a little bit about it?
0: So the pacemakers, some of the issues have been uh, because we have to use wires connect to the heart. These wires are prone to wear and tear, and um, they may get what is known as lead fracture or lead malfunction. Uh, The other problem is that the devices are placed in the chest wall, and we create a small area called a pocket, and people who are immunocompromised or who have other major comorbidities are prone to infections. So those are the two main problems with Uh, traditional uh, pacemakers. So some of them may also may not have uh, access to the veins to guide these wires to the heart. So we have been looking at alternatives and about a decade ago we came up with the concept of what is known as a leadless pacemaker, wherein a pacemaker is inserted with a minimally invasive procedure through the veins in the groin and is uh, de- deposited in the chamber, the bottom chamber of the heart called the right ventricle. And uh, there are no wires connected and uh, there is no pocket problems because there's nothing apparent on the chest wall. And this uh, leadless pacemaker delivers, uh small electrical impulses, uh, painless electrical impulses, which will stimulate the heart. So it will do what a traditional pacemaker would do, but it will not have the problems with uh, lead uh, malfunction or device related infections so the tradi- that pacemaker was um, you know it's a single chamber pacemaker so it's it will only uh, provide electrical impulses to the bottom chamber of the heart but we do need uh, the function of the upper chamber as well so in patients who require of uh, pacing modality from the upper chamber, we were looking at alternatives. And this trial is the first uh, globally um, um, study which is looking at uh, these um, dual chamber pacemakers in a leadless fashion.
1: How could this be a game changer?
0: Uh, I think uh, it will be because uh, as all the problems we alluded to related to infection and lead malfunction, it might be uh, initially confined to uh, a small subset of uh, population. But um, if I had the option um, for any person requiring a pacemaker, uh, I would probably consider this as opposed to having a device placed on the chest wall. Uh, Apart from the cosmetic uh, problems, uh, which especially in women we have, um, the big issue is infection. And if we can get away with that, Uh, it would be a game changer for sure.
1: And with some of those complications in the traditional pacemaker, that requires more intervention, correct?
0: Exactly, we have to sometimes, these wires, they're uh, uh, attached to the heart muscle and they're not easy to to uh, remove. Uh, So we use a procedure called lead extraction uh, that is fraught with uh, its own complications and uh, not every uh, center is equipped uh, to do that. Uh, Fortunately, in Sardisville Memorial Hospital, we have uh, physicians or cardiologists and cardiac surgeons uh, who can do that. um, And one of them uh, is uh, myself who can do that. But we try not to do them on a routine basis.
1: And the benefits of a minimally invasive procedure are huge, correct?
0: Of course. Uh, I mean, uh, if you look at it, the, if you get a traditional pacemaker, they uh, have to come to the house, uh, office to have the incision checked and then uh, every three four months, they have to have the device checked. Uh, so if you have a minimally invasive procedure where nothing is apparent other than a small nick in the uh, groin, uh, the follow-up is less uh, intense.
1: Who is working on this research trial here at Sarasota Memorial with
0: you. Um, So I'm the uh, uh, principal investigator for our hospital. My colleagues, Dr. Robert uh, Eckert, uh, is also a cardiac electrophysiologist. She's a co-investigator. And we have uh, Colleen Lindner, our research coordinator. She's a nurse practitioner and she's a doctor as well. She's got a PhD. She has been uh, phenomenal in uh, helping us uh, coordinate uh, the study. Uh, So we are the primary ones involved in the study here.
1: What is the goal of the trial and what might some potential benefits in the future be?
0: Uh, The goal of the trial essentially is to look at the safety and efficacy of this new device, whether it would do all the things that a traditional pacemaker would do. At the same time, uh, we had to monitor the complications and the long-term efficacy of this device.
1: Has Sarasota Memorial enrolled any patients thus far?
0: Yes, we have. We've been fortunate. There are about 80 centers worldwide. We were one of the few centers in Florida to be involved in this study, and we have already enrolled patients in the study.
1: So what does the process look like for the patients enrolled in this study?
0: So the process is primarily they have to uh, be uh, evaluated by their primary care physician or cardiologist, and they have to meet the indications for requiring a pacemaker. That is, they may have a slow heart rhythm, uh, causing them symptoms. And if they require a pacemaker, they are given this option of having this uh, leadless pacemaker. They should be at least 18 years of age. Uh, They should not have other uh, contraindications as specified by the study. And then uh, they should be willing to uh, be monitored and come for follow-ups. And uh, they'll have to go through uh, informed consent, uh, which are uh, what we call as uh, IRB, the Institutional Review Board. Um, after they've gone through the informed consent, uh, then um, uh, Colleen, Linda, our research coordinator, will help them get through the process of the study.
1: Can you talk about how exciting it is to have studies like this here in, in our community?
0: Uh, It is incredibly important for a community hospital like ours to be involved in these international uh, research trials that gives us access to uh, newer technology and it creates an environment where we practice evidence-based medicine. So it is vitally important for us to be part of the study and especially Salisbury so Memorial Hospital has an a, a internal medicine residency program and possibly even a cardiology fellowship program down the road. So in the, from looking at these aspects, it's vitally important that we be involved um, in all these uh, global, uh, international studies.
1: And how does this benefit the patients here in our community as well?
0: I think patients, if they have access to this new technology, they will uh, be the first ones Uh, to be um, available, I mean, avail uh, the uh, positive aspects of this. And um, I think it will give them other alternatives rather than the traditional pacemakers, at least in this study. But um, apart from that, uh, being involved in research helps them to get uh, all the benefits of uh, modern medicine.
1: Dr. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us today. And for more information about the clinical trials at Sarasota Memorial's Clinical Research Institute, please call 941-917-2225. And as always, we encourage everyone in our community to visit smh.com to get the latest from Sarasota Memorial. Have a great day.